With a looming election in Alberta and a federal ballot on the horizon in the fall, you can be sure you're going to hear a lot about carbon taxes over the next few months. Whether it's the fight between Ontario, Saskatchewan and Ottawa, or the NDP Conservative battle for Alberta, carbon taxes are a major political hot potato. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. We take a look at how Alberta's carbon taxes worked, why there's a disconnect between consumers who pay the tax and where that money goes, and how it will be a major ballot question this spring in Wild Rose Country. We have a lot of ground to cover on this show, so I'm going to be brief. Find us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's Apple or Google or somewhere else, and hit the subscribe button. Also, leave a review and tell your friends about us. This climate leadership plan will ensure that all revenue is recycled back into the economy uh, uh, for purposes of adjustment to make sure that we are doing uh, uh, to support small businesses, making sure that families have the supports they need to make ends meet uh, and to invest in First Nations communities with municipalities and others, Mr. Speaker. We know that these uh, efforts taken together will bend the curve on emissions, which is exactly what our trading partners... Mr. Speaker, nearly half of Albertans don't pay income tax, but 100% of Albertans pay the NDP carbon tax. It is the most regressive tax in Alberta introduced by the NDP. It makes it more expensive for seniors to heat their homes, for single moms to fill up their gas tank to drive to work. And now the NDP's fiscal plan is to raise that tax. Janet French and Emma Graney are reporters with the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun, and they worked on a project that took a deep dive uh, look at Alberta's carbon tax. So, Emma, right off the top, for uh, people who don't know necessarily, how long has Alberta had a carbon tax? What is the the story behind it? So, Alberta's had a carbon tax. Well, it's had a... A consumer carbon tax was brought in on the 1st of January 2017. So I guess two years and change we've had it. Everyone in the province has had it. But for a long time before that, there was already um, a tax on heavy emitters, so like big emitters, so your big polluters, your big oil sands, your big uh, you know refineries, that kind of jazz. That's been that's been in place for quite some time. I think a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, and critics at the time when that was brought in called it a carbon tax. And then next thing you know, the NDP has brought it in, but they don't like to call it a carbon tax, Dave. It's a carbon levy, if you don't mind. Isn't a levy a tax? <laughs> I'm actually interviewing somebody about that very question today. We've had this uh, carbon levy, carbon tax, whatever you want to call it, for two years in Alberta. Why did we decide to look at this in more detail? Is it Have we been lacking in information from the government? What, what was the idea behind this feature? So basically, um, the Alberta government has liked to bring up the carbon tax for quite some time. It's a a signature program, really, of the Alberta NDP. They brought it in as part of the Climate Leadership Plan, which is a giant policy document that they absolutely love, and they like to trumpet about it as every single opportunity. The thing is, even though we've had a carbon tax on every every gas fill-up that you do, every time you pay your heating bill here in Alberta, there wasn't really any information about where exactly that money was being spent. The information is kind of contained in documents, but it's across so many different ministries, like 15 different ministries, that there's no centralised list. And now that we're coming into an election here in Alberta, it's going to be sometime in the spring. We don't know when yet, but it will be coming up. We thought it was a really good idea to ask the question, hey, every single time I fill up my gas tank, I'm paying a carbon tax. Every time I pay my 
heating bill. I'm paying a carbon tax. Where the heck is that money going mm-hmm. anyway? So it was kind of a we're heading into the election, but also just an interest piece. Where is this cash going? So, Janet, in the first two years, how much did the government bring in under its carbon carbon levy plan? Because governments are strange beasts that record years from April to March, they measure it in fiscal years. So because the carbon tax started in January, the first year only records three months of income. The Climate Leadership Plan actually has two sources of revenue, as as Emma mentioned. It's not only the carbon tax the consumers pay, but it's also the large emitters. Mm -hmm. And so the first, those put together, the first year and the first three months, it brought in about $276 $276 million. And the first full calendar year that it was in existence, it brought in just over a billion dollars. Though the tax goes into general revenues, like all taxes do, the, the province brings them in. The Premier of Alberta has said when they introduced this plan that it would be revenue neutral, not revenue neutral in the sense that they'd find other sources of government income and reduce those to make it revenue neutral, uh, like income tax reductions. They they said that it would be revenue neutral in that any of the money brought in would be used on either rebates to uh, Albertans under a certain income level or other green programs and grants. So how much is the province handed out in terms of rebates? It's actually legislated by the uh, Climate Leadership Act that the government has to spend the carbon levy on three different kinds of expenses. It either has to spend it on emissions reduction, it has to spend it on uh, carbon levy rebates to consumers, or it has to use it to pay for regulation of the electricity market. So the answer to the question, how much did they give in rebates? Rebates are by and large the biggest expense every year so far. In the first full year we have to look at, which is 1718, they... uh, Rebates made up, I think, 27% of the expenses in the climate leadership programs. That was the biggest expense. The total amount that the government has spent to date on rebates is about $450 million, and that does not include this year. And what about other projects? What what has the government handed out to communities, to uh, cities, towns? Where does all that other money go? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the reasons that we wanted to look at this was to see exactly, like I said earlier, where this stuff is going. The really interesting part that I wasn't really expecting was that it is going all over the province. And I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say that. This is every corner in the province. More than 300 communities in the province of Alberta are getting carbon tax funds in order to complete projects. So we're talking about, for example, um, uh, solar panels on the roof of the Barhead Aquatic Centre. We're talking about... Um, energy audits on all of the community buildings in the town of Mayerthorpe. Down in Cardston in southern Alberta, they've put um, yeah solar panels on some, of, on some of their buildings down there, did, or did some energy audits as well. But then in First Nations as well, uh, they do community energy plans. We're talking about farms. They get solar programs. They get efficient irrigation programs as well. There's a whole section of funding that goes to agricultural societies but bioenergy producers, bioenergy is another producers, one. Yeah, all if you kinds can of stuff. Figure out a way to take your waste product from your wood pulp bill or whatever and turn mm-hmm. it into bioenergy. They're they're funding grants for that as well. Yeah, if you can think green project, there's a pretty good chance that something is getting money for it in Alberta from the carbon tax funds. Um, the majority though are in rural Alberta. I mean, the big ticket items. You're talking Edmonton and Calgary for the uh, rapid transit projects, so the LRT and the Green Line in in Calgary. Um, 
the majority is in rural Alberta. So overall, and the people that you were talking to who are recipients of these grants, it was seen as positive, right? Yeah, it it actually was interesting to talk to these towns because a lot of them said, yeah, this has been good for our town. Yeah, we're saving money on our um, utilities bill in the town. We've got these solar panels that mean we don't have to turn on the light. We don't have to pay any power bills in summer for the aquatic center to turn on the fans and the lights and that kind of thing. We're saving like, you know, 7,100 bucks and it's been great. However, it's very much tempered because people do not see the link between paying the carbon tax and these projects that are happening in their towns. So for example, you fill up gas or you go and pay your heating bill or whatever, and you don't then see the link towards, then you go for a swim in Barhead at your local pool. The pool is lovely in Barhead, by the way. <laughs> Just uh, I went and had a look at it. It's got a great little float pool. Did you swim? I didn't bring my swimsuit. And they even have a little climbing wall and then you can dive off it. It's really oh, nice. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. If you're ever in the neighborhood, uh, Canada, check out the Barhead Aquatic Center. But people don't see the link between paying the tax and that kind of benefit at their aquatic center or at their arena or wherever else they happen to to be. Why is that, do you think? I spoke to a couple of political scientists about this. Um, one of them, uh, Melanie Thomas from U- University of Calgary, told me, you know what? Everyone just hates paying for gas. It's kind of this standard thing across the world that everyone hates paying for gas, even in Sweden, which you would think would be, you know, they're pretty pretty liberal about environmental taxes and that kind of thing. Even they are against a carbon tax on their gas payments. So that kind of gives you some indication that people just don't like paying a tax. Here in Alberta, of course, we don't have a provincial sales tax. Mm. So the second you bring in something else, it's making people pay more taxes. Albertans... Uh, In particular, I would say in terms of the places I've lived in Canada, and this is the fourth province in which I've lived, they're really, really tax averse. And it does seem to play into that. People just don't like to pay another tax is kind of what it boils down to. Do you think that's why the government hasn't done more here to promote these projects? I know that for people who don't live in Alberta, uh, the provincial government has spent a lot of time on the big ticket areas and kind of big companies who are benefiting from their climate leadership plan, but you don't see kind of a running tally. And in fact, you had you two had to dig for this information and sift through a lot of data. And go correct? back and back yeah. and back. So yeah, so we had initially asked um, for just spending by the Energy Efficiency Alberta Agency, which uh, does things like offer rebates to consumers who want to upgrade their windows and such. And the request expanded to include, well, how do you spend all of this money you've been pulling in the carbon tax? And um, they so they gave us this big spreadsheet um and it articulates everything by which ministry organized the money but it's we've got programs that are run out of 15 different ministries and they don't seem to all necessarily have been recording the information in the same way <laughs> and that's actually it was even an earlier um point brought up by Alberta's auditor general was is anyone monitoring this thing is anyone checking to see whether this is actually going to reduce emissions because Another interesting uh, aspect of this is that the Climate Leadership Plan never actually had specific emissions reductions goals other than committing to having 30% of Alberta's energy coming from renewable sources by 2030. This Climate Leadership Plan doesn't actually have a specific goal in reducing greenhouse gas emissions. 
Which is interesting because as part of this feature in the, the second day, you looked at the political ramifications of the carbon tax and Alberta's environment minister, Shannon Phillips said, quote, this plan has shown real progress in terms of cleaner air, less pollution, making the economy more resilient in the 21st century and securing that energy future for Albertans. So like, where does she, how does she back that up? They do have a series of progress reports that they put out. Um, the problem is when you're actually trying to measure emissions, uh, this was explained to us by bureaucrats, um, that Environment Canada is what two years behind in its data. So you actually can't it's not being tracked at a at a here and now momentary snapshot in time. You're getting it two years later. The only data they do have is just because Alberta has like an electricity regulator. Mm -hmm. They know how much electricity Alberta used and from what sources. And so what they were able to say is that um, back in 2015, Alberta was tracking on trend to emit 313 megatons um, of greenhouse gases each year by 2030. And they're now saying that that curve has been bent and reduced by about 50 megatons. So the projections are lower, but yes, the so actual, we don't, yeah. heading into an election, you would imagine that the government would want to trumpet all the successes in the world related to this plan, but we won't necessarily have data until two years after the yeah, fact. Yeah, we won't, I'm not sure when they come out exactly, but they don't have the data to, to do that yet because the climate leadership plan or the carbon tax began in 2017 and the latest data that the federal government has on its website is from 2016. In conversation with Emma Graney and Janet French from the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun, uh, talking about Alberta's carbon tax program, looking at this through a political lens, all of what you've just said seems fairly good. You know, it's we're lowering emissions, communities are getting money to green up their facilities, um, Albertans are getting their hands on energy efficient light bulbs and rebates on insulating their houses and, and new windows and all sorts of really great things. But if you talk to people about the carbon tax, and if you look at the political landscape in Canada with provinces fighting a federal carbon plan, it seems like it's horribly unpopular. And this, this policy, particularly in Alberta, is seen as one of the most unpopular decisions that the Notley government has brought in by many people. Uh, the United Conservative Party under leader Jason Kenney has vowed that Bill 1 will be the Carbon Tax Repeal Act. Mm -hmm. What is their argument against it? I spoke with Jason Nixon, who is the UCP United Conservative Party House leader here in Alberta, and he said it's the most hated thing that the NDP have done. I was like, wow, that's a that's a big statement, Jason, but he's willing to stand by it. I think it comes back to earlier what we were talking about, this cognitive dissonance that you pay you pay something at the gas, you know, develop your gas tank, and you just get, oh, you get riled up about it. You're like, oh, I shouldn't be paying more taxes. Garb. And they just don't see the link. And also, the UCP argues, you know what, we've funded programs well before there was a carbon tax. You know, loads of stuff gets built and there are some energy efficiency programs that have been around, uh, you know, without a carbon tax. So you don't need a specific carbon tax in order to fund programs. Now, also worth noting there is that the UCP has not come out with its environmental plan for the election. They have said that they're going to repeal uh, the carbon tax, as you said. However, they don't have, 
I said, well, what happens? I asked Jason Nixon, well, what happens then to these programs in rural Alberta? And his answer was, well, if this is coming down to a ballot between, you know, us and the NDP when it comes to rural Alberta, we'll win because the NDP does nothing for rural Alberta. But Jason Kenney just said this week, when asked about off the back of the reporting that Janet and I had done, well, would EEA, Energy Efficiency Alberta, what would happen to them? And he said, gone, without hesitation. So Jason Kenney's looking into this election to cut the Energy Efficiency Alberta, which oversees the bulk of these programs. Um, and those programs were wildly popular. Like when when the rebates came out for uh, people to insulate their homes or get their energy efficient window, triple glaze windows or whatever, um, it crashed the website hmm. within hours. Yeah, it's popular. People but love free stuff. People but they love free that. stuff. Rebates. Exactly. Yeah. So the UCP is singing this... It, the UCP is selling this as well. It's just the government trying to buy you with your own money, which, of course, is a pretty classic anti-tax argument. It's the every time you see a political uh, unveiling of anything before an election, the opposition or the you know the other party is like, they're buying you with their own money again. Damn government. Grr, we would never do that. But on the flip <laughs> side, people saying that we're not going to tax you is them trying to buy you with your own money by saying you get to keep it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> even damn you and your logic, Dave. <laughs> even if the United Conservatives get rid of the Alberta carbon tax, aren't there concerns that they'll just be hit with the federal carbon tax under Justin Trudeau's plan? Yeah, absolutely. And Shannon Phillips, the Alberta Environment Minister, has said that again and again. And so is Rachel Notley in the House, particularly when question period when the carbon tax comes up, which it does every single day. That's basically what. Shannon Phillips and Rachel Notley say that you want to get rid of the Alberta climate plan, which was built here um, with our needs, without you know specific provincial concerns, you're going to be subject to the Trudeau carbon tax. Now, Jason Kenney is on the record as saying he prefers that one over the Alberta one because 90% of um, money is rebated back to Canadians. And of course, right now there's that big old court case that Saskatchewan is le- is launching a constitutional challenge over. But the reality is that court case may take a while. Also, there's really no guarantees that Saskatchewan's going to win that, and the UCP is obviously part of that court case as well. But there's no guarantees, and yet, so I guess we wait and see. Come the fall, there could be a new federal government as well, there's that and, and too, they- yeah. Uh, federal Conservative Party has said they're looking to get rid of the Trudeau carbon tax as well. So an Alberta election, Jason Kenney could potentially win. Uh, a federal election, Andrew Shears Conservatives could potentially win. So Albertans could be left with no carbon tax because yep. there may not be a federal plan. Yep. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a real possibility. And that's what Jason Kenney would like. I yeah. mean, he's already said that he's going to help campaign to get Andrew Shear elected. So... So what's the Notley government's argument for keeping it? It's awesome. It's great. It's the best. No, they have... <laughs> do, they, do they have one? Their argument is that this is, this is a vital component of the climate leadership plan. And the climate leadership plan is vital for the environmental future of Alberta and for Canada. And, and people's health. And people sales also, they have, let's not forget, tied this to the pipeline to Trans Mountain. So part of this whole carbon tax thing was, look, it helped us get Trans Mountain approved. And in fact, Justin Trudeau did mention Alberta's climate leadership plan and work on the climate, uh, which also means the carbon tax when approval was given. I mean, 
you know, that's all gone horribly pear-shaped now, but <laughs> that is part of the conversation around the around the carbon tax here. Social license? Social license that's, that's is a term they use. Right? Yep. I was trying well, to think of that. Well, I was curious to see how this will all play out uh, during the Alberta election. Janet and Emma, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having, for having me. Us. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Special thanks to my guests, Emma Graney and Janet French. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.